0: Welcome to the runway, where we cover current events in crypto, Web3, and tech. It's Monday, January 29th. Let's take off. First up, Neo bolsters Web3 ambitions with new Hong Kong office and Cyberport collaboration. NEO is a a layer one blockchain that was very popular in Asia over the past probably five to 10 years. Um, But it looks like they have a really cool collaboration here with a business park in the the southern district of Hong Kong. It's got a huge entertainment complex, um, a bunch of offices. And the idea of this is to sort of attract startups and Web3 talent, Animoca Brands, ZA International, a couple other unicorns um, in the fintech categories setting up shop here. So what's happening here? NEO's landscape expansion into Hong Kong's digital landscape, the newly established office situated within the vibrant conference of Cyberport, Hong Kong's premier digital tech and Web3 Nexus positions Neo at the heart of the city's burgeoning blockchain ecosystem. By establishing a base in the dynamic environment, Neo aims to lead the charge in nurturing the smart economy, offering robust support to the cream of Hong Kong's Web3 developer talent and catalyzing investment in the locale. <coughs> that last part key, bringing investment to the locality. The move comes at a critical juncture when Asian nations are actively sculpting regulatory frameworks to accommodate the burgeoning digital asset market. Hong Kong, with its proactive stance and innovative policies, is rapidly emerging as a significant Player in the new financial paradigm. NEO's establishment of a strategic base in the city is a testament to its commitment uh, to contributing to and benefiting from the region's dynamic momentum, right? So this is a very big contrast to what we're seeing in a lot of other places. Let's move on. Bruised by stock market, Chinese rush into banned Bitcoin. So this was a story from a couple of days ago. Um, thought this was very interesting, right? Because uh, there's a lot of activity going on with the Chinese stock market right now. Um, looks like the bottom's falling out on some stuff. And people are, you know, in China especially are getting around any kind of bans, you know, because this is sort of a decentralized pretty asset and they want to protect themselves from financial volatility and they want to protect themselves from downside um, fundamentals that they might see in the stock market right whereas you know there's still a lot of volatility in bitcoin although bitcoin is fundamentally very strong you know it's still very early so there there is volatility there but uh, the stock market in china is showing a lot of underlying structural issues right now that i don't know if can be fundamentally fixed i'm talking about the government printing trillions again over in china to sort of prop this up because it doesn't seem like the other measures are failing Um, that really is sort of the only way out there this is Idea of asset inflation. You know, there's a lot of underground stuff happening. People buying uh, s- small amounts here of Bitcoin. Um, they, they sort of view Bitcoin as a safe haven, like gold. Bitcoin, for all intents and purposes, has a lot of the fundamental characteristics of gold. So, even though, despite any bans, despite any things, you know, people are still finding a way to sort of access this this safe haven with a strong underlying fundamental bias that's bullish over the next decade. Next up. Bug that took down 8% of Ethereum's validators sparks worry about even bigger outage. Interesting to look at a proof of stake network here where we've got a a sort of a validator where there's only a couple of different clients and one of them knocked out 8% of the network. It looks like the bug was in this Ethereum's Nethermine client where, had it been in something like Geth, which is probably the main client that they use actually here, around 85% of Ethereum's validators are currently powered by Geth. And the recent outages to smaller execution clients have renewed concerns that Geth's dominant market position could pose grave consequences if there were ever issues with this programming. Geth, which stands for Go Ethereum, is primarily developed and maintained by the Ethereum Foundation, the main nonprofit that supports Ethereum development. So, again, they say here, Geth hasn't been totally immune from bugs, no software is. Um, so, this is definitely a, a point of, of concern here. If Geth were to have a bug and 85% of the validators just stopped working on the network, that would very, be very problematic. You know, we've seen with proof of work, you know, we've got sort of this idea of mining pool concentration uh, that can potentially be a problem. But, but e- very easily, a miner can just press a couple buttons and point their mining rigs at a different pool. The ability to, to Change pools is very, very liquid. Um, whereas if you built a node and it's stuck with this validator client, there's a lot of stuff that could cause a lot more problems long term and require a lot more configuration to change. Right. Next up, an Ethereum ETF is coming sooner than you expect. Um, I know this is a topic we've discussed a lot about regarding Ethereum ETFs. Bitcoin ETFs were delayed because politics, now that we have clarity, along with seven deadlines between May and August, Ethereum ETFs aren't far away. You know, there's a lot of speculation one way or the other. I do think that the, personally, I think the approval of an eighth spot ETF is, is now not only certain, but imminent. And they wrote here in this article, while the United States Securities and Exchange Commission was able to spout nonsense for over 10 years in its various denials of its BTC equivalent, the watchdog can no longer hide behind diffuse objections to what is patently clear com- commodity etp filing indeed as was observed by commissioner hester pearson her damning indictment of the sec's conduct over this approval published on january 10th the denials of these applications never made sense uh yeah a lot of stuff the government is doing doesn't make any sense um and that's why they, the court found them arbitrary and capricious if we just play this out game theoretically um <clears throat> ethereum will have an etf at some point i don't know if it'll be this year i think it will but you know we'll see over the next couple of years for sure all right next up Polygon Labs and Warner Music Group push music industry Web3 evolution. Polygon Labs and Warner Music Group announced two recipients of their inaugural Web3 Music Accelerator program to further the evolution of the music industry. I think we're going to see a lot more growth on this front with Web3 creators and music and, and different things like that. I think it just makes sense to be able to give out NFTs to fans, to be able to communicate with fans, to be able to give fans ownership of different things, whether it be you know a, a percentage of song royalties and stuff like that. I think it's just a natural collaboration potential there. Next up. Victoria's Secret's new AI shopping partnership exposes new dangers, experts say. Victoria's Secret and Google announced a multi-year partnership that will see the popular retailer leverage the tech company's AI to improve online shopping. Get ready to have your uh, wife's breast or your own breast and bust size stored in the Google Cloud. (laughs) I mean, it does make sense here, right? You know, for whoever's been in there, right? There's usually people that sit with you and will ask you you what you're looking for and help with your style, with your sizing, and all that type of stuff, right? So um, it's very hard to replicate that online. So it just makes sense that an AI chat agent would fill that gap there. It is a little bit concerning, though, regarding the data. But let's see here what some of the objections to this might be. Chatbot selling lingerie products, personal assistants yelling at you to eat your vegetables, AI-powered cars refusing to allow you to go 60 and a 55. This is AI's world now. We're just living in it, Schwepp said. Heritage Foundation research associate Jake Denton shares some of these concerns, saying that such partnerships should set off alarm bells for anyone concerned about the potential for consumer exploitation. As AI systems become more sophisticated, brands will gain an unprecedented ability to understand and sway consumer behaviors, Denton told Fox News Digital. Well, Mr. Denton, I think that we're already well past that point with platforms like Google, who already have an unprecedented ability to understand and sway consumer behaviors. That's already actively going on, and I think I agree that there is potential for it to get even worse. While most Americans still do not fully grasp how their information is harvested and analyzed in their retail space, integrating AI could expand the power of companies to quietly manipulate purchasing or spending under the guise of personalization. I think that's already here. Next up, FTC launches AI inquiry into Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft looking at investments and partnerships. FTC chair Lena Kahn said her agency is looking into AI deals among the biggest players developing and using the technology. Khan described it as a market inquiry into the investments and partnerships being formed between AI developers and major cloud service providers. Companies named include Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, Anthropic and OpenAI. Looks like they're going to be doing some kind of survey here. By invoking this authority to conduct a so-called 6B study named for Section 6B of the FTC Act, the regulator can look into the AI company separately from its law enforcement arm and make civil investigative demands. For example, the agency can order companies to file specific reports and answer questions in writing about their business. So basically this just gives this branch of the government the power to basically conduct fishing expeditions whenever they feel like into whatever company they feel like, even if there's no wrongdoing suspected, which in my opinion is, is absolutely patently absurd. We hope the FTC study will shine bright light on com- companies that don't offer the openness of Google Cloud or have a long history of locking in customers and who are bringing that same approach to AI services, a Google spokesman said in a statement. Wow. So uh, Google is praising the government. Big shock here. Partnerships between independent companies like Microsoft and OpenAI, as well as many others, are promoting competition and accelerating innovation. Rima Alayli, corporate VP of Microsoft's Competition and Market Regulation Group, told CNBC in a statement, We look forward to providing the FTC with the information it needs to complete its study. Amazon and OpenAI both declined to comment. Anthropic didn't immediately respond to CNBC's request for comment. I think this is just another example of government exceeding their mandates. This 6B study thing, it's great to be able to do studies and do research, and I think that's fantastic. Um, but this idea to be able able to make civil investigative demands uh, to companies i think is just crossing the line next up The campaign to take down the Biden AI executive order. The tech lobby, GOP lawmakers, and conservative activists are trying to kneecap President Joe Biden's executive order on artificial intelligence just days before its first major deadlines hit. Their target, Biden's use of emergency powers to compel tech companies to provide information to the Commerce Department about advanced AI projects that use immense computing power, a requirement that industry advocates oppose. This quote here pretty much sums it up. There's not a national emergency on AI, (laughs) Senator Mike Rounds told Politico. Mike Rounds, who is the South Dakota Republican, has worked closely with Senate Majority Leader chuck schumer to draft ai legislation but said biden's use of the dpa to regulate ai is not necessarily what the defense production act was made for in the first place big surprise even chuck schumer can uh, see that this is not necessarily what the defense production act was made for (laughs) just like the uh the securities act was not made for crypto to regulate orange groves in the 1930s or whatever it was the Defense Production Act was not made to regulate AI in twenty twenty four. But it will not stop the authoritarians and the government from, you know, exceeding their power. I have a friend of mine who says, you know, power is there for the taking, and whether it's legal or not is irrelevant because people just take the power and do as they please, which this is a lot of what we see. Next up, researchers at Anthropic taught AI chatbots how to lie, and they were way too good at it. So I think this is interesting that you know these companies are sort of playing around with this stuff looking and seeing what is actually possible and I know they show this picture of the terminator here <laughs> But uh, the scientists built LLMs with nefarious hidden motives and trained them to use lies and deception. The bots were designed to appear honest and harmless during evaluation, then secretly build software backdoors. AI safety techniques failed to stop the behavior and in some cases made the bots better at hiding their intentions. So it's good that these companies are sort of self-policing themselves and making sure that they can sort of troubleshoot any potential problems because I think that's wise for business just in general, right? So even without the government coming in and, and uh, breathing down their throats, they're already sort of playing around, seeing what they can do, seeing what can be built, trying to see what the potential downsides are, the lacks in security or the lacks in potential danger zone to sort of counteract that, right? This is kind of like a lot of companies doing cybersecurity and having cybersecurity people on their team. This idea of this like sort of white hat hacker thing um, where you use a white hat hacker to sort of probe your your safety. So it's good they've got scientists kind of working on this to see what's possible and then how to counteract this. Next up, Google releases realistic AI text-to-video generator Lumiere. This is really cool. I think there's been a couple of these already with stable diffusion and a couple other models that were similar but you can get an idea here you can input text you can put a picture and you can sort of say hey make a video out of this and we're really starting to see the beginning of these these types of applications this is going to have a huge uh, productivity boost for marketing personnel uh, for people working on movies and films and ads super cool and finally right out of george orwell's 1984 new california bill could require cars to have speed limiter technology a new california bill would require certain vehicles sold or manufactured in the state to be equipped with speed limiter technology california senator scott weiner introduced the new bill officially known as sb 961 as part of the safer california streets legislation package the package aims to reduce traffic deaths and industries statewide listen to this the technology would electronically limit the speed of the vehicle to prevent the driver from exceeding the speed limit by more than 10 miles per hour oh man big brother is coming in hot Let's take a look at some uh, spicy takes from the past week or so. Just in Google's updated its guidelines today to allow crypto trusts to advertise their products in the U.S. BlackRock's spot Bitcoin ETF ads are already popping up. So I guess Google had a ban on what people could advertise before. And now they're letting them advertise the ETFs. Thank you to our Google overlords for the permission to advertise. Robert Breedlove, Bitcoin is rule-based money. Fiat currency is ruler-based money. Rules exist so people can play the game fairly. Rulers exist to rule over the slaves. Choose wisely. That's a good quote here. Permit me to issue and control the money of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws. Mayor Amschel Rothschild is very true. And this is I thought was really cool, this idea of uh, this duck curve kind of shows the usage of power during the day, right? So you see, as time has gone on, during the day, there's just nobody using any of this power, and you're getting this huge duck sink here, right, where during the day when everyone's at work and no one's really using their you know, water heater and using all their electricity, you need a consumer to sort of incentivize those those solar panels and to sort of pay off you know, the investment into them, right? You need a consumer to buy that energy because like during the day, everyone's at work when the panels are actually producing energy. And during at night, everyone comes home at night when the sun goes down and it's like this massive spike of load on the grid, right? So during the day to sort of incentivize that load, there's a perfect opportunity for, for Bitcoin mining, right? Uh, to come in and to use that power during the day and then you know, shut off at night if necessary. Luke Broyles, people will literally not buy Bitcoin because they are afraid the government can control it and send it to zero. Meanwhile, they have bank accounts, bonds, cash, and own real estate. The government can't control the former, but the latter is inherently secured by the government. Isn't that funny? I hear people say that all the time. Can't the government control it? Well, what, all everything you own, the government can control. It's just funny. It's like, you know, do you say that about your house? Do you say that about your car? Do you say that about your stocks? Do you say that about your bank account? It's just silly. When we, we all know that Bitcoin has you know, much better underlying fundamentals. I love this. This, uh, this. The irony of this is classic. You have to pay money to visit Karl Marx's grave because the Marx enthusiasts who have the property could not find a realistic way to maintain the property without charging visitors a fee. I'm just going to let you process that now. <laughs> classic. We must become capitalists to fund maintenance of the Marx statue. We must knock down the Marx, the Marx statue and replace it with George Washington. Love that. This is the video about Bitcoin that Elizabeth Warren and her band of cronies don't want you to see share this with everyone. So this is a, a kind of a cool video kind of showcasing, um, you know, Bitcoin mining in Africa, where there's a lack of power. And then there's no there's no financial incentive really for, uh, you know, a power company or a producer to come in and install the infrastructure to produce a bunch of power when no one can actually buy and consume that power, right. And then the, the small little cities and towns, you know, are not using that much of the power uh, for most of the time. And Bitcoin mining is sort of this way to sort of fund a lot of these projects. And I think that's what we're talking about here. Cool video, we'll leave the link in the notes. Next up, Michael Schellenberger. I love this guy. This guy's amazing. He just kind of like puts it all out there. Canada's prime minister at Justin Trudeau froze the bank accounts of 2022 Freedom Convoy protesters claiming it was an emergency, but it wasn't. And now public has proof that his government used fake intelligence to illegally frame protesting truckers as violent extremists. Big surprise here. I think everybody knew what was going on with that whole thing. It's just another example of an authoritarian manufacturing you know, propaganda uh, to justify the use of ridiculous amounts of, of abusive of power. Authoritarian behavior for Mr. Trudeau. Next up, this was a really cool visualization of the Bitcoin ETFs. I think it leaves out the uh, grayscale Bitcoin trust, but it kind of shows all of the other trusts by the day since the ETF launch. And you can kind of see how each one is just gobbling up Bitcoin, right? People are allocating, they're buying Bitcoin and those things. And I think it goes up to the 24th. It doesn't have the last seven days or so, but just kind of shows how each ETF is slowly, slowly accumulating Bitcoin for investors. So kind of cool. And again, uh, GBTC during this time will be uh, negative because it's losing. People are fleeing GBTC because of the higher fees um, and for whatever other reason to go to some of these other ETFs. But eventually, that selling coming from the from GBTC will sort of stop or slow slow down much more. And again, GBTC might start going the positive again eventually too. You know, it's, the market has options now. Next up, this is Jesse Powell. I think he's the CEO of Kraken. Or he's a co-founder and he used to be a CEO. I don't know if he's a CEO anymore. Two years later, this is why self. Custody crypto is so important to freedom. What the government can do is heinous, immoral shit. Violate the Constitution, steal your savings, wrongfully imprison you, etc., and get away with it for years before justice prevails. And he's not wrong, right? So even if your freedoms and your rights are violated, you don't get relief right away. It could take years for you to get relief, right? Um, that's why they continue to do it because they know. That, you know, they're not going to get punished for it. Or if they will, it'll be a slap on the wrist. And meanwhile, you, you get totally screwed. This is just evidence in everything, right? Because if you, if they violate, if they violate your rights, you have to sue them, you have to go to court, it takes time, you have to appeal, you, you know, there's all these processes, escalations, and seven years, $5 million later, you know, you finally win, but do you really win or you just lose all that time, all that energy, all that money? Um, and it's very rarely do they make you whole. So in a January 23rd decision, Justice Richard Mosley concluded there was no national emergency justifying the invocation of the Emergencies Act, and the decision to do so was therefore unreasonable. In February 2022, Prime Minister uh, Justin Trudeau's government used the law for the first time to freeze funds, including cryptocurrencies, donated to truckers protesting COVID-19 restrictions, which the court found was unconstitutional, right? So this due process took forever. And again, I think Jesse Powell here says, um, one of his previous posts says "Due processes for plebs might makes right in Canada. If someone dissents, you just confiscate their wealth, revoke their licenses, exclude them from the financial system and kill their pets. No need to debate the law policy or even rights when you have a monopoly on violence. And that is very true. This is why cypherpunks write code and cypherpunks deploy, um, you know, privacy preserving technologies and, uh, authoritarian resistant technologies, censorship resistant technologies, right? Things like Bitcoin where even if they want to, they can't physically take it from you, right? Because it's a true bearer asset. um, And it's got all these beautiful properties that make it a digital preserver and storage of wealth um, with some privacy preserving features. Sam Lyman, I love this. Crypto is the preferred currency of criminals in the same way Elizabeth Warren is Native American, which is to say, not at all. In 2022, only 0.24% of all crypto transaction volume was associated with illicit activity. Despite this, Warren claims that crypto's main use case is money laundering. In 2018, a DNA test revealed that Warren is only between 0.1% and 1.6% Native American. Despite this, she identified as American Indian and a minority on job paperwork for years. The senator isn't bad with fractions, she's just bad with facts and she's more than willing to misrepresent them to advance her career. Could not agree more. Just in, could Apple be making an epically bullish Bitcoin play? Most notably, Apple for the first time will allow iPhone users in Europe to switch to use app stores other than the company operated ones that comes installed on the mobile device. It will also enable developers to offer alternative payment systems that could help them make more money while potentially lowering their prices. Would be nice to see and we'll believe it when we see it. Um, This was cool. Bitwise, this ETF uh, called Bitwise, they actually post their public Bitcoin address um, so you can actually see if they actually have, you can verify in a say, do they actually have the Bitcoin they're claiming that they have? You know, Anybody can check which I think is a beautiful, beautiful uh, decision that just aligns with the Bitcoin's ethos, right? This idea of on-chain transparency. Um, So really cool differentiating feature of that ETF. You can't do this with gold, which is very true, right? You can't actually assay gold you have to believe and trust that somebody actually has it in the vault, that it's actually real gold. Um, there was a story a little while ago that I read that was like, you know, they went into this vault to sort of assay the gold and they actually, they took one bar, you know, they started to assay it and they realized that it was actually a different metal. It wasn't actually gold. It just had gold around the thing. At that point, they just stopped looking. They they left the vault and said, you know, we're not going to look any further. We're not going to take into this anymore. Justin, US files notice to sell 130 million worth of Bitcoin seized from Silk Road. Um, it's a bad call, guys. Biden is spending Bitcoin to buy dollars. Worst trade ever. Couldn't agree more. And finally, the best explanation of Bitcoin. J.K. Rowling says, I don't understand Bitcoin. Please explain it to me. Brady Swenson says, Voldemort equals central banking. Harry equals Bitcoin. And on that note, I will let you guys go. Stay safe. Stay blessed. Never stop learning. And keep an open mind. Thanks for listening.